0: So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you have come to the right place. Welcome. Hi there, welcome back. This is going to be for Acts chapter 13. Saul and Barnabas are called to missionary service. Saul, now Paul, curses a sorcerer. Christ came to the seed of David. Paul offers the gospel to Israel, then to the Gentiles. There were two notable personal developments for Saul on this journey. The first is that while in Cyprus, Saul became known as Paul and is consistently called Paul thereafter. This renaming was probably because the Greek name Paulus would be more acceptable to Gentile audiences. The second development is that until the missionaries reached Cyprus, Barnabas seemed to be in charge. Beginning at Cyprus, however, Paul seemed to be the leader. On their first visit to each place, the missionaries preached and baptized. On the return journey, they ordained elders in every church. These actions give a clue to missionary procedures and show that the church was organized and local priesthood leaders with local priesthood leaders. Verse 1, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. This is Elder McConkie. He says, Apparently they were being set apart as missionaries, for they immediately went forth to preach the gospel and administer its ordinances according to the pattern set by Jesus. From this time on, Luke refers to them as apostles. Could this have been their ordination as such, or their setting apart as members of the Council of the Twelve? If so, and such is a distinct possibility, one or more of the other apostles would have been present to confer upon them the keys of the kingdom. Verse 3, And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. This is a trip of about 1,400 miles. That's a long way. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they, also, and they had also John to their minister. And when they had gone through the isle unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But and the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all of all righteousness wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the lord and again behold the hand of the lord is upon thee and thou shalt be blind not seeing the sun for a season and immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness and he went about seeking some to to lead him by the hand Joseph F. Smith said, Men are not called upon to curse mankind. That is not our mission. It is our mission to preach righteousness to them. It is our business to love and to bless them and to redeem them from the fall and from the wickedness of the world. So, following Paul's example here, we don't want to do that to curse this guy. This is our mission and our special calling. God will curse and will exercise his judgment in those matters. We are perfectly willing to leave vengeance in the hands of God and let him judge between us and our enemies and let him reward them according to his own wisdom and mercy. Verse 12, Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga of Pamphylia and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. John Mark may have looked ahead at the huge mountains that lay in their way, and with the dangers involved in the travel, said, I'm going home So remember I said that john's or John Mark here is probably about eighteen or nineteen years old, uh, so he's fearful of having to travel over these large mountains, and so he just goes home instead. Now Paul is going to have a problem with that later on, and you'll see that as this unfolds over time here. Okay, verse 14, but when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them saying, ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Then Paul stood up and beckoning with his hand said, men of Israel and ye that fear God give audience. The technique of preaching the gospel was to recount the history of Israel, showing that all the prophets and laws pointed to Jesus Christ. Nephi in the Book of Mormon used this same technique as in 1 Nephi 17. Moroni also would have used it in connection with his promise in Moroni 10, verses 3-5, to but he didn't have room on the plates to do so. That was by Taylor Halverson. Verse 17, The God of this people of Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt, and with an high arm brought he them out of it. And about the time from 40 years suffered he their their manners in the wilderness And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot. And after that he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward they desired a king, and God gave unto them Saul the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the the space of 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. When John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, and as John fulfilled his course, he said, Whom think ye that I am? And I I am not he. But behold, there cometh one after me, whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loose." Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead. And he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us their children, in that he hath raised us, raised up again Jesus, as it is also written in the second psalm, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, and as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David, wherefore he saith also in another par- in another psalm, thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to seek corruption, for David, after he had served his own generation, by the will of God, fell on on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up, saw no corruption. But it be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are, are justified from all from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. In other words, the law of Christ is superseding the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers and wonder and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. These are two sins of which those who actively oppose the truth are always guilty. In the very nature of things, active opposition to the gospel cause consists of contradicting the truth and of blaspheming sacred things, whether the opposition is against Paul and Barnabas or Joseph Smith and Brigham Young. Blasphemy consists in either or both of the following. One, speaking irreverently, evilly, abusively, or scurrously against God or sacred things, or two, speaking profanely or falsely about deity. That was by Bruce R. McConkey. Verse 46, Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should, should first have been spoken to you, but seeing ye put it from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. The church will always have opposition against it. Sometimes it will be strong and sometimes subtle. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light to the Gentiles, that thou shouldst be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as believed were ordained unto eternal life. After this chosen family had rejected Christ and his pro- and his proposals, the heralds of salvation said to them, Lo, we turn unto the Gentiles. And the Gentiles received the covenant and were grafted in from whence the chosen family were broken off. But the Gentiles have not continued in the goodness of God, but have departed from the faith that was once delivered to the saints and have broken the covenant in which their families were established and have become high-minded and have not feared. Therefore, but few of them will be gathered with the chosen family. That's why Joseph Smith. Verse 49, And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium. The shaking off of the dust of the feet is an action of disapproval and condemnation and is to be performed only by the Lord's authorized servants. It is initiated as a testimony against those who willfully and maliciously oppose the truth when it is authoritatively presented. It is not invoked against those who simply reject the message of the gospel. James E. Talmadge wrote, The responsibility of testifying before the Lord by this accusing symbol is so great that the means may be employed only under unusual and extreme conditions. So we don't uh, we don't dust off our feet to curse people. That's done only by the twelve, verse fifty-two. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. So that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.